On this episode of Industry Relations, Rob and I talk about the DOJ, NAR, and purple Nikes. Let's go. This is Industry Relations, a podcast that's at the intersection of real estate and technology from an insider's perspective with Rob Hahn and Greg Robertson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Industry Relations with Rob and Greg. This is, of course, your co-host, the notorious Rob. And with me, as always, is my fabulous partner, the fabulous Greg Robertson. <laughs> Who is, I understand, oh, we were talking about, you're not, you're not oh, feeling Rob. too fabulous right now because of uh, uh, all the allergies, right? <laughs> well, I don't know. The wind, the Santa Ana's kicked up here. My left eye is like tearing up. So uh, maybe yeah. you can, you know, you've been known to make me cry anyway. So this is exactly what I was going to say. Some more. It's, that's, that's all it is. It's not allergies. It's, uh, you're not crying. I'm not crying. You're crying, right? Yeah, it, it's funny because I, I somebody sent me an email the other day, an, an MLS exec, and we were uh, corresponding about doing, you know, just a, setting up a meeting, and he responded with jazz hands emojis back. <laughs> so Jesus, <laughs> I got to come up with a different thing here. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, uh, I also wanted to let our just audio listeners know that uh, today is hat day. Uh, and we did not coordinate. You're keeping this. track, and uh, you know the. Uh, I think our hats reflect our mutual obsession. Yours is the old school Volkswagen, van, you know, vans, right? Bus, what are, they, yeah. are they called vanagons? What are they actually called? No, no, these are buses. I, you know, buses. we're talking like pre '67. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mine is from Microbus. Tactical Hive. It's about uh, you know tactical firearms training. So you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could pick you up in the hippie van, and we can go shooting guns somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, uh, there, Volkswagen was never was originally. Uh, you know, we could get into the history yeah, of Volkswagen. Okay. <laughs> they made. Let's just say they made military yeah. transport. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for yeah, a certain, uh, uh, certain. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's. What were we? Looking anyway. For this topic. <laughs> I think what we said is uh, we wanted to try and get oh. to it last week. Uh, talk about the NAR DOJ lawsuit. Um, decision, but we didn't have time, so we said we're going to do it this week. So let's do it. Here we are here. Yeah. We are. Why don't you start, man? What's your What's your take? What was your reaction? Well, you know? we talked about this, at, you know, at length on a few episodes, and <clears throat> yeah. you know, I think you're 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 not, you know, are both of our kind of assertion of everything is like, you know, they're screwed, right? The government's, you know. <laughs> Uh, reneging on this stuff and you know we're gonna have to deal with it um it's just surprising as hell i you know i never yeah. thought of this outcome yeah um that being said i'm not sure at this point what it really means um with the other lawsuits going on out there and i know you've written about this a little bit extensively yeah um but um also kind of badass for nar honestly I mean, you know, they they they, they took on City Hall and won. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and then you know, and I, I I was listening to a a podcast with uh, Todd Carpenter and uh, I think Clayton over at uh, Housing Wire. Yeah. And you know, Todd used to work over at NAR. And you know, it's not like you really saw a lot of chest beating or you know, this didn't really blow up in the news. NAR didn't really make a big deal about this, and that's. They just kind of like took the win and, and just humbly went, you know, went, went gone. So, you know, just kind of gangster, just, you know, like they took it down and go. I mean, again, what that means for everything, I'm not exactly sure. 
Um, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, hell of a win, really surprising. Sure. Um, we'll have to see what, what happens next though, right? Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, you saw, you see this as gangster. I see this as smart because they didn't win, win. I mean, they won. So a couple things, right? Number one, I was completely blown away when the decision came down because, you know, I've been predicting for months, like, hey, man, there's just no yeah. way you win this. Like, there's yeah, like literally no way. And then they won. Um, <clears throat> so I, I read through it and, you know, my take on it was this is likely to lose on appeal. So keep quiet. Like, don't, I think you have to take the victory lap when, you know, when it's over and it's, it's far from over right now. Right. For a whole variety of reasons, which I guess we're going to get into today. Um, even though this may is be, it though? I mean, let, let, let's say that, well, I guess, you know, if, if, uh, well, I was going to say if another administration comes in, but I mean, you know, this is obviously proven those are kind of the, the courts are separate, so maybe not. Sure. Sure. I, so what it's done is it's bought NAR some time, but I don't yeah, it's this is far from over. So we'll we'll have to get into some of the the legal details um you know, which will potentially bore the tears out of like our our listeners, but uh maybe not, you know, maybe, maybe uh our listeners are super smart and they kind of want to hear about this. Um so let me try and kind of answer. So the first thing, like, what does this mean? Like, I, like you mentioned, I wrote a post about this. I think what it means is very little, to be honest. Right now, what, what this means is that the Department of Justice, they sent out a CID, a civil investigative demand to NAR, right? And that was the breach. Because what, you know, what essentially happened was the previous administration, the previous DOJ and NAR came to an agreement that says, hey, we're going to do these four things. And, we, you know, we talked about those four things, you know, mm -hmm. on and on, right? And in exchange, you're going to drop the investigation into cooperation compensation and uh, clear cooperation policy, right? That was basically a deal, which was a huge win for NAR to get, right? So I was actually a little surprised they got it. I figured this is just proof of the power of NAR on in lobbying, right, on, in Washington, D.C. Um, but they got that deal done. Unfortunately, they couldn't. They didn't execute the deal while Trump was still president. Right? So, by the time <clears throat> the deal is sort of, uh, you know, up for actual court approval, you have a switch in administration. The career lawyers, the career bureaucrats of the DOJ, clearly did not want this deal. Right. So, I think the way to think about it is this was Macon Del, Del Rahim. It might have been Trump himself. The higher ups wanted this deal done. The career attorneys at DOJ FTC did not. So the minute they had a change of administration, new boss, they're like, no, no, we're, we're backing out. So they back out, right? And NAR is like, no, we had a deal. So enforce it. Bring and it I to think trial. There's a little bit you say that it wasn't executed. But I mean, in reading the, the, uh, the articles on it, I mean, there were some things that NAR started to execute in, be in that in-between world, right? In-between time. So sure. they did sure. have an argument to say... Hey, we acted in good faith. We started making these changes, and then you, you know, then you, sure. you know, pull the rug from underneath us. Sure. Um, I, look, you could take all sorts of interpretations on it, right? So let's let's. Anyway, so they sued, and I thought you had no chance. You have zero chance of winning because of something called the Tunney Act, right? Uh, and we'll get in get back into that in a little bit more detail. Turns out they won. 
right? <laughs> at, the, at least at the trial court level. Uh, you know, uh, I, look, as I said, this is surprising. It's shocking. Uh, it's a it's a big win. Uh, all credit is due, you know, Katie for Katie Johnson, you know, for, uh, for yep. spearheading that. Um, fun little fact, the chief outside counsel for NAR and antitrust is a guy by the name of Bill Burke. He's actually a roommate of mine from when I was at Yale. So, oh wow! Kudos to you, Bill. Um, what a what a small world. <laughs> but it's not like you know we've not been. I'm, in touch I'm trying to anything, think of like you know. any of my roommates back at Devry actually. You know, <laughs> he's anything. like master universe type. You know, I'm clearly you know just a random head on the internet. But in any event, so look, let's let's give credit where credit's due for that. Now the question is, okay, so you had this happen. What does this mean? It just means that NAR doesn't have to respond to the civil investigative demand, right? And DOJ right now is prohibited from investigating those two things, cooperation compensation and clear cooperation policy, right? Those are the two main issues. So they can't investigate that anymore. So let's start with what this what this does not mean, right? Okay. It does not mean that NAR has won on substance, right? Because if you think about it, like the whole point well, they of they were arguing all this, on substance though. They correct. were arguing on substance. Correct. So that's exactly yeah. my point, right? So people are like, "Oh, we won, and now it's over." It's not over because you didn't win on the substance. This wasn't NAR saying. The you know that our the cooperation compensation is not un- anti-competitive. The MLS is good for competition. I mean, those are the substantive arguments, right? Clear cooperation policy is good for consumers. This is not a violation of the Sherman Antitrust Act. Those weren't even raised, right? So right, but, it's but not again. Over. Yeah, but again, you're 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 talking as if there was only one side to this. There were things that the DOJ wanted um, if they were going to look at these two things and say, okay, that's fine, but you have to do these other things, which I think when we, when you looked at, these are all things we should be doing anyway. Sure. Right. Yeah. But, but there was a, there was a quid pro quo on this, right? We're, sure. we're going to, we're going to do this and you're going to do that. Right. So Correct. it's not, not Correct. just a one way thing. Okay. Correct. All right. Correct. Correct. So I'm just saying what it is not is NAR one on substance. So that, that's the most important part of this. Well, of okay. course. And they weren't right. arguing that, but go ahead. Yeah. And, Right. And the important part of that is because a lot of folks are wondering, what does this mean for the other lawsuits? Right. You know, right. the the Burnett case in Missouri, the Merle case in, in Illinois. And the short answer is it doesn't mean anything because it wasn't a win on substance. Right. In other words, if right. if they had won on substance, then in those civil lawsuits, the, the NAR defense counsel could have gone and said, listen, we had this lawsuit and the judge said that, uh, you know, we won on substance, like this is not anti-competitive. So this has direct bearing on our lawsuit, right? Well, I mean, you know, I I would say this though, if you're fighting a multi-front war, Mm -hmm. it's best that one of those fronts was shut down, right? So what does it mean to the other cases? It means that NAR can now not split themselves four ways, but maybe down to three ways. See, I don't think that's true though. Again, because all they've won, Right, is that the Department of Justice cannot investigate those two issues? Right, That's but it. again, and I know that this is like you say, far from over. But you know, 
they had, you know, they have the, the current lawsuits and they had this lawsuit, this lawsuit is like, okay, okay, okay. At least we can put this to the side now. You know, there's going to be a process for that. And we have these to, you know, I think it does lessen a bit of the focus or it increases the focus on the other lawsuits that and it, by, because they don't have to focus so much there. I don't think so because now here's what's going to end up happening. We won this lawsuit against the DOJ, right? Guess what? They're going to appeal. So now you have to prep for the appeal. Yeah, but I mean, okay, I, sure. Right. All right. Now let me let me say this though. Or again, you're the lawyer. Um, this I, in in law, there's a, like a bit of a precedent, right? So, are they going to be able to use this? You know, the the win here as a precedent for some of the arguments that are made in in the other cases. No, there's there's no precedential. That's what I'm saying because the issue is the DOJ reneged on a deal with NAR, right? And yeah, that's, it's that's not a win. substance. It's not you know, a substance. like so. The Burnett case, yeah, they're yeah, like yeah, we, we don't you. have a deal I'm with you. Are, so screw you, right? I'm just asking the dumber questions in case. No, know, no, no. People out, people out in the audience are just like me. <laughs> no, dude, that's my point. This, these aren't dumb questions. I don't like because you know. And again, I want to point something out. I we talked about trying to get an actual antitrust attorney on this show because, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I went to law school. I am a lawyer, but I'm retired. I've never practiced. You know, it's like. It would be useful to have someone who's an actual expert. Um, now, as it happens, I did have a few conversations privately with some, you know, people who know <laughs> a little bit better than as I do. As one does, yes. Uh, as one does. But uh, and we'll, we'll kind of get into that, you know, as we, we talk about the Taniac. So that's number one. In terms of what this means for other lawsuits, it means absolutely nothing, right? If anything, what I wrote was, I think this could be negative in those other lawsuits, right? In the following sense. If I'm the pla- if I'm the plaintiff's lawyers now in Burnett, right? I think I just go look. NAR is so afraid of transparency. They're so afraid of the truth coming out that they went and sued the Department of Justice to shut down an investigation. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, you're gonna have to answer that, right? And Burnett and Merle both, I think, are jury trials. I think. So you have to co- somehow convince a bunch of like regular people, <laughs> like, oh no, no, this is that's not what this is. We're not afraid of the truth, you know. Like, dude, it's it's gonna be a, a thing. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, all NAR has to say, and whether the you know jury or whoever, whatever. But I mean, they they just stick to the truth. As we started this whole thing up, this this case wasn't on substance. This case wasn't on this and that. This case was that we had an agreement, and they yep. and they tried to get out of the agreement and. Yeah, so but the far, agreement was so the agreement, far the courts have said I, that we're correct. I, I get it, Greg. But my point is the agreement was you stop investigating us. Right? That was right. the deal. Okay, sure. So then the natural question is why are you so afraid of investigation? Again, you know, you're 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 speaking to this as if there's only one side of this, right? No, I know. That, that, I, 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 no, I, no, I, no, wait, no, that you're, so you're, what's you're the other side? you know, but let's be yeah. clear. The other side is that the agreement was you guys are going to um, – I would look at it this way. If you guys make these changes saying – this is the DOJ saying to NAR, we will stop investigating this, right? It's a quid pro quo. It's not like – you know, it's it's saying they're, – they're I, I get it. Saying, okay, I get it. I'm, I'm just – You're not you're answering my, my question. A little is, bit. My question is why are you so afraid of investigation? I, again, I don't think NAR was afraid of an investigation because what they the the DOJ said, please do this, and we won't do that. 
okay, if, if that if, if you think that this and again, they can make this argument from our understanding. The DOJ says if we handle these three issues, these five issues, whatever it is, then they don't they're not going to investigate these other issues. OK, well, I mean, that sounds like I know that w- by handling these other issues, it's fine. Th- there's no need to do an investigation. Not that they won't. There's just no need because we've handled our business. Dude, if there's no need, is it? Uh, all right, whatever. We'll get past it. In any event, my point is... Okay, that means that I made a good point. That's how I'm taking it, all right? No, no, not at all. Because, again, you're not answering why you're so afraid of investigation, right? Because the other way... I would say we're not afraid. You're you're absolutely afraid, and here's why. You're so afraid of the investigation, you're willing to make these changes in your policy in order to forestall an investigation. No, no, no. You've come to me and you said that we are, the DOJ is concerned about these policies, but because of A, B, and C. And we said to them, well, if we fix A, B, and, a, B, and C, is there anything to investigate? And they say, no. Okay, let's make no, that agreement. No, that's not what happened. The, it, well, that, that's how do you know literally that's not, not what, what happened? What happened. Right. That's literally not what happened. The, what happened was we well, wanted to stop you were, these policies. You, uh, you, you were in the room that ha- uh, where it happened? I don't know. Okay. All right. So then fine, there's really a factual discussion. My point is it doesn't look good. It just doesn't look good when when you look like you're trying to hide the truth. It doesn't look good. I know, again, right. you keep like hide the truth. It's a quid pro quo situation. You keep saying quid pro quo. You, you keep why make the quid pro quo? Why not say we because have nothing? Because I'm trying to, hide. to sound like an attorney. Wait, we have nothing to hide, right. Greg. <laughs> investigate away. We're not going to make right. these four okay. changes because we got nothing to hide. Investigate well, away. But I think by by making those changes, they basically are admitting, yeah, there was some things that were problematic, and we we're going to fix them. But then why 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 make it conditional on you stop investigating? Well, I I mean, let's let's think about this as an analogy. Um, I, I don't think that's too unusual. I mean, if there's a company that are, that, that has bad practices, and and the and and you know, the courts say, hey, you're, you're doing this and this is wrong. We're going to come down on you. Oh, sorry about that. We'll stop doing that. And then they don't investigate. But we're only going to stop it if you stop investigating this other thing well, over here. You know, again, this has been going on forever. I mean, there's been new business models, new ways of doing business that have, like, okay. surfaced these kind of practices being, you know what? These were problematic before the Internet. Sure. But with the Internet, these inter- these practices sure. are problematic. So, so, if, so we're going to stop those, but but only if you stop investigating well, us. I mean, what, you know. Uh, on this again, other thing, I mean, unrelated, completely unrelated. Well, I don't think it's unrelated. I think they were. It's totally unrelated. Related. It's completely unrelated. MLS access Wrong. to lockboxes has nothing to do with clear cooperation policy. You know, again, th- you know, I think that every court wants wants a, wants people to settle, right? They don't want it to go. I think that's a common practice. Sure. If you, you know, you know, if if we do, they're, they're always. But we're not talking about the courts. Made. They're always. Well, we're not talking about the court case. This is a court case, wasn't no, it? No, the deal the was made, made with the ruling. DOJ. The deal was made with the DOJ. Why well, make I mean, a deal depart- that's conditioned? Hold on. Why make a deal that's conditioned on you stop looking into? So you don't think the DOJ here? makes deals with uh, corporations? Of course, well, no, they, of course they, they do. The I'm, not, I'm not saying they don't. You're, you're you're just going sideways. All I'm saying is at Burnett trial, right? What the plaintiffs' lawyers will bring up is the fact that NAR is so afraid of the light of day that they went and sued the Department of Justice to stop an investigation. And your point is, like, it's a deal, it's quid pro quo. It, none of that matters to some extent. The point is, why are you so afraid of an investigation? Yeah, again, you can phrase it any way. You, I, I would just... I'd be you just got to come up with an answer, right? That's all, right? 
I, I, I told you my answer. I, I don't know what you're talking about being afraid. I wasn't afraid at all. Oh, my God. But the fact that you went and changed your policies in order to stop investigation you know really shows you were afraid. Thought, you know what? They've got some good points. And, you know, we'll, we should be making these changes. These weren't these weren't problematic before, Fine. but they then, I can see that. Why, why not just make those changes and then just let the investigation continue? I'm not, you know, I'm not. I mean, I, I'm, I'm the National Association of Realtors. You don't expect me to negotiate? Come on, man. But if you're going to negotiate, why make it condition on stop investigating? That's my point with this, all this, right? It just makes NAR look bad because, to be honest, like if, and when you look at the cooperative compensation rules, when you look at those things, a part of me is like, what's there to hide? I mean, who cares if they investigate it, right? Because it's either going to be justified, right? Because it's good and pro-competitive, which is the argument, or it's not. Why stop an investigation? That it's a bad look is all I'm getting at, right? It's one thing if say we made the deal contingent on you're gonna drop the case around clear cooperation. That's not what they did. This wasn't conditional. You're gonna you're going to stop, you know, pursuing us on these rules. This was you're going to stop investigating okay. these rules. Now let me let me the other thing is though, there was always something in there that said um that they that doesn't preclude them from reopening this. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so I think again, if I'm answering your question, we said we, you know, they came up with some issues. We we addressed those issues on the condition that they wouldn't um, continue the investigation. But there's still a provision in there. If they want to bring it back up, they can. So what's 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 no, there to hide? If here? they want to bring, so that that's where now we get back to the the case, right? Okay. That's standard disclaimer language that you know the DOJ puts into all their all their sort of settlements, right? What comes out with this trial of NAR one is the judge said, yeah, but you still had a deal, right? You could put whatever language you want, and again, it's just like technical shit about you know uh, whether the agreement was contained in the four squares of blah blah blah, but whatever, right? Fundamentally, what the judge did here is that he treated this as a contract case, right? You had a contract. You, DOJ, breached this contract. Yeah. NAR is entitled to have the contract be enforced. And contract enforcement means... Well, he didn't you... treat this as a contract case. This was a contract case. Well, let me tell you why it wasn't a contract case, right? But he treated it as such. And this this is what will come out during the appeal process, right? So go back to what I've kind of mentioned. <clears throat> the guy that I spoke to who's a lawyer and pretty damn smart is like... This is not a con the judge treated this as a contract case. What this is is an administrative law case. Okay, that's the fundamental view, and that's kind of been my view why I thought they would lose. So, administrative law means that there is an actual piece of legislation called the Tunney Act, right, which spells out all kinds of shit. And what it says is, if the Department of Justice makes a deal, right, goes into a settlement agreement with whoever, right. There are things you have to do, and this isn't case law. This is like legislation, right? This is, you know, and some of the things you have to do are like a six-day comment period. You know, you have to file this impact statement. You have to do these things, and then the court has to sign off on that settlement, right? Meaning whatever deal you strike with the Department of Justice is not valid. It's conditional, right? It doesn't matter how much the DOJ agrees. Until a court signs off on that deal, it's not a deal. Right. And the judge in this case, like, didn't even mention the Tunney Act, just completely ignored it. It was like it didn't even exist. Right. 
That's what I mean when I say the judge treated as a contract case when in fact it's an administrative law case, right? Which is why right. the Department of Justice has to appeal this. And it doesn't matter whether Biden is president or some, somebody new is president. It doesn't actually matter because it's about the administrative law and the power and limits on the Department of Justice and blah, blah, and the United States and blah, 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 right? So this will absolutely get appealed. And then the question is at the DC Circuit Court, so the appellate level, the next level up, are they going to treat this administrative law case? And if they do, then you have to reverse it, right? Because clearly, Tunney Act applies. If you trace a contract case and says, then it's new precedent, then it has to get kicked up to Supreme Court, to be honest, to just figure this out. Like, what is, you know, what does this mean, right? So, you know, like a lot okay, of the- Okay, so can I ask some stupid questions? Yeah. Okay, so what if, and I thought that the timing on this was really quick, right? What if the argument could be, okay, we entered into um, a agreement with the DOJ, all right? And I guess at that point, it starts the clock ticking on all these provisions you said that have to have in the, in the Tunning Act, right? Yep. But before that, before that clock could start, the DOJ, the new DOJ, cancels it. And therefore, right. they couldn't even start that clock process, clock running, right? So now what it's doing is basically saying, okay, well, first of all, we got to get one thing settled. Did we have a valid agreement so we can start this freaking clock, right? Mm -hmm. And and that might be the case there. So now if now, you know, okay, now we have a valid deal, let's start this clock running again. Then you go through that process. But maybe the argument could be that, Hey man, they they came up with a deal, and before we could start anything else, they didn't even give us the ability to mm -hmm. you you know to do all this administrative stuff mm -hmm. because they just they 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 took the rug from underneath us. Right, they ran does, out the. Clock. Does that make sure? I mean, I don't know, and that's that's the the novel question, right? Because again, so okay, let's say that's all true, and that is in fact true. So let me put that is in fact true. That is in fact okay. what happened. The DOJ reneged, right? If this was a matter of contract law, NAR wins, NAR should win, no question about it. All I'm saying is, okay, they reneged, they ran out the clock, they did all these horrible, bad things. You still have the actual black letter legislative language of the Tunney Act that says a settlement that doesn't have court approval is not a settlement. It, it just doesn't exist. But if the DOJ itself sabotaged that. Sure, that but you still don't have a, a you, but I'm putting, okay, fine, you sabotage it. You still don't have a court signing off. Okay, so, 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 wait, so again- so, the novel law, so what would end up happening is that the, let's say the Court of Appeals would then say something like, the Tunney Act requirements will be deemed to have met because the DOJ ran out the clock. Right. What, what would they, but could they also say, okay, we're, we're holding this as like a valid agreement now. Please now, now we have to start this this process with the Tunney Act stuff. I, I mean, I suppose it's possible, anything's possible. So I'm just point, saying, what, you know, I'm just saying when it comes to things like that, it's awfully, it's, it's, it's awfully dicey. And again, that's maybe just this, like you already thought, I mean, we, we both thought where this was dicey that to even get to where we're at now. So, um, and, and you got to think if they were running out the clock there, there was something about the administrative process of the Tunning Act that, that they didn't want to do. They just wanted to sabotage it. Right. So they then went that direction. Um, otherwise they would have, they would have taken the opportunity of using you know, that process to 
not do this, right? So there's Look, some, there's a lot of questions there. There's a lot of questions, but I think this is literally what happened. I think the career lawyers. So keep in mind, Department of Justice, FTC, all all yeah, these yeah. government agencies. You know, the the ninety nine percent of people work there are career. You know, they they started wherever and they worked their way up. And then you have the political appointees, you know, so the attorney general, the assistant attorney general, those guys, they're political appointees. So right. Trump appointed Macon Del Rahim as like the assistant attorney general in charge of the antitrust division. All the lawyers underneath him, I think, were like, we want we want to crush NAR. We want to go after NAR. We hate cooperation compensation. That's been their position. I think Macon was like, no, no, this isn't I'm, I don't want to I don't want to deal with this. Right. So just make it go away. So I think he forced his subordinates to make a deal, right? And he accepted this deal. I think the bureaucracy underneath hated this deal. So the minute there's a, a change in administration, right? That minute, it's like we know Macon's out. Okay, we're reneging, right? I think that's literally what happened. So and it's it, deep it took state. Time. Deep state is what you're talking about. Kind of, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. actually not a bad way of thinking about it. Kind of. Yeah, it and then, I think it is. Right. And then the delay running out the clock really wasn't them. Because I think the minute it happened, they went to NAR and said, hey, we need to renegotiate this. It's that they didn't have a attorney general that was confirmed. You know, they didn't because that takes process, right? That's a political yeah. process. Biden has to appoint and then the Senate has to approve and all that shit, right? So that's kind of what took time. So we'll see. We'll see what the court says. All I'm just pointing out, like under administrative law, this is not a deal. There, there's nothing. There's nothing here. It could be, like you said, the argument will be: Look, we were harmed because we relied on the DOJ. We relied on the good faith of the United States government. They reneged and they've you know dragged the clock out and they made it impossible for us to meet the requirements of the Tunney Act. So please approve. The difficulty with that is what the Tunney Act sort of says is like there's this whole giant settlement agreement. The court has to sign off on it. None of that was done, right? So for the court to essentially come up with this idea that if you run out the clock, we're going to sort of like retroactively approve it. I'm not saying they can't do it. I mean, a court could do anything they want, right? The question, it's very, very rare for a court to do take a step that significant, right? Right. That's all. Well, we've that, seen right? some things that we don't know that we never Correct. thought would happen before. So Correct. It yeah, could it's, happen. It's, I, it, it, the chances are much more likely that the court says, no, we're not. We're not doing that. We're going to abide by black letter law. And again, this is one thing where, you know, a case law. Right. So, you know, Supreme Court could reverse some case, you know, uh, Bruin or, you know, uh, what's the the abortion case uh, where they reversed, you know, Roe v. Wade. They can do that because it's case law, right? It's, it was a court decision. When it's legislation, the Supreme Court either – the courts typically just say this is unconstitutional, right? Strike the entire law. But they don't often go in and say, well, the law says this, but we're going to just say that it happened. Like that's a different kind of thing, right? So yeah. Yeah. again, people could differ on that, but that's just my read on it, right? So – We'll see. So what what it means for me is this is clearly going to get appealed, right? It has this case has no impact on these civil lawsuits that are happening, right? Um, like I said, and we argued about it, but I think this potentially has a little bit of a negative in those civil cases, right? Um, and then the next big question is going to be okay, what does this do from a relationship standpoint between NAR and the DOJ, All right? 
Because again, this this ruling did not shut down the Department of Justice. Right? Well, I mean, all, I think the relationship has been pretty bad. I mean, pretty bad all the time. I mean, you know, this goes back to the IDX stuff, and sure, I mean, they've they've always had some contention sure. there. So I don't think it. I don't think the relationship has changed at all. <laughs> it's sure. always been one of, of adversarial in a sense, sure. right? I mean, but um, again, you know, you might look at it as uh, a negative thing, but um, I think it's straight up gangster, man. Okay. I guess we'll we'll find out, you know, my take on it is if you go out, if you go after the king, man, you best not miss. You best not miss. Exactly. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know. I, to me, it's like now this opens the door for the Department of Justice, FTC, to be like, all right, fuck these guys, right? Yeah. Right. To me, the larger thing in the industry right now is just, you know, this being this being kind of resolved, I think everybody took as a shock, but um, not resolved, but, you know, this, this latest thing here. Um, and we talked about this before, and the, the other case being pushed to October, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, there's just a vacuum now of everybody's making, including us, probably us the most, right? Of our of our kind of like yeah. predictions, speculation, or yeah. speculations of what's going to happen and what this means for everything. Yeah. And in that vacuum, and and nobody really knows. And I think there's just going to be a ton of fear out there, and 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 do that fear. People are going to make a lot of bad decisions. Mm. Um. And 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 I, I I totally get your your angle, and I agree with it that. We have to prep. They have to prep, right? Prep for anything. But um, to me, prep is fine. But, you know, as far as, you know, some execution here, um, some makes sense, some doesn't. But, I mean, let's not overreach because sure. the sky's falling, right? Sure. Um, and I, I see a little bit of that chicken little happening out there. You know, I haven't seen and, that yet, but maybe, you know, maybe like you tell me what you're seeing that. So let's, as a prepper. Right. Let me tell you, there's a difference between prepping and over prepping. Right. So prepping would be, I should get some water. <laughs> That's prepping. I should have three weeks of water. That's prepping. I should sell my house and move. That's not prepping. That's that's like a different level. Right. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm moving to a bunker now. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a lifestyle change, basically. That's that's a that's a step. Like, hey, man, if that's if that's what you truly believe, do whatever the hell you want. But it's kind of like that, right? Um, so in terms of like industry response, you're right. I, people are afraid and I think they are the prepping that I'm recommending is that, for example, if you're a broker, you should probably look into training your people and doing exclusive buyer agency agreements. Yeah. Right. It doesn't mean you should get rid of all your buyer agents. Like that's, that's selling your house and moving. You know what I mean? Like hopefully, and what I've seen are really more the prepping, the normal prepping, you know, brokers are starting to pay more attention to it. Hey, you know what? I need to talk to them about buyer uh, compensation. I need to talk to my agents about this, that, and the other thing. I haven't yet seen anyone take like a super crazy extreme step that you can't undo. Right. But I mean, right. Have you seen anything like that? You know? No, it's just, it's, it's just conversations and kind of whispers in the wind you know, of, I think a lot of like, you know, people in the multiple listing service have just basically made it, it's going to be a foregone conclusion yeah. that there's going to be no compensation for buyer's agents, or, yeah. you know, no automatic buyers. And and I, I just don't think, just as we saw in this last case, this is why they play the game on Sunday, man. You never know what the, these outcomes are going to, are, are going to, you know, happen. Sure. Um, you know, 
you know, last year, more people used realtors than ever anybody ever did mm-hmm. um, in the lifetime of anything. Right. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't think the game still has to be played and let's not make too much. Okay. But give me a specific example though. So like of an know, MLS. Listen, right. I, I don't, I'm not calling any fucking MLSs out here, man. Not on this show. Not, uh, don't name <laughs> I'm them. Like, I'm, saying, I'm, just like, saying, I'm just saying, you know, I just hear to, to many of them, and again, not naming, I just get this, this vibe of like, they think that's just already over. And, um, I don't know what they're doing, you know, because of that, but it's just like, I just don't think, I, I think the, we haven't played the game yet and let's find okay, out. So, of, fine. And again, you're, you're, I, and I realize the difference between prepping and like, yeah, hold on. you know, the, the, right. so we don't have to call anybody out because <laughs> let's face it. She called herself out on the program last week, right? Kate Smith and. CRMLS came and said, we think compensation is going away. Right. Sure. Yeah. Right. Okay. But, but, but to be clear, like that was like a, um, she didn't qualify that at all. Right. She didn't say seller compensation or, or, or buyer's compensation, you know, seller's agent compensation or buyer's agent compensation. Right. So I'm just saying, so let's just use CRMLS because, you know, they came on this show and said, we think compensation is going away. Right. That's not you and me calling anybody out. Okay. They, they, All right. They no, said that. Okay. That was correct. So the next question is, okay, then what are they doing about that? What are they doing to prep? And I think what Katie mentioned was CRMLS as a result is doing stuff like venture MLS, investing in technology, looking at, I, I love that phrase, weaponizing the stuff that they've built. To me, that feels like good prepping, right? None of those things are irreversible. None of those things right. are crazy. To True. me, that feels like good prepping, right? Right. Like, so the, I guess my question to you is what would be an example of bad prepping where do you overreact if you're an MLS? Yeah, I think implementing policies based upon that, that is, that it's gone, you know, that those things have already happened. Um, and I haven't, right. I haven't seen anything, think that yet. I don't know. You know, if those kind of things are, are going to happen. Well, Northwest, Northwest MLS is the only one. Now, they're broker-owned, so they've already kind of taken huge strides towards that. And we've talked about it in this in, in this program. But I don't even know that that's crazy because they're broker-owned, right? They could reverse themselves. They could do whatever the hell they want, right? Um, but, yeah, I guess I don't – that's sort of my take on it. I don't know that an MLS at this point – what would, like, an overreaction look like? Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a certain amount of protectionism with with right now that's going on in the industry. Where uh, I think you know the the MLSs are kind of circling their wagons. They're they're becoming more insular, right? They want their own tech because of you know mm-hmm. acquisitions mm-hmm. that have happened and everything else. Um, I think this compensation issue is is adding to that. Them forcing them to kind of go inside and be more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, protective. Um, and that, you know, you just can't that blame it on, on, on the buyer's compensation issue. There's a whole other factors there. Right. Right. Um, right. but it's not, you know, certainly it is certainly one of the factors. Um, and I, you know, it's just, it's just becoming, it's harder and harder out there to kind of do, uh, you know, reaching agents and, and, and brokers and everything else, especially as MLS has become more, you know, more, uh, insular, you know, just, you know, more protective of themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause uh, that's because that's where the data is. And that's typically where you can, you can reach the agents is through that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really don't have some hard, hard concrete examples. It's just, like I said, it's just this vibe. And I wish that there was some direction where we all can go, okay, this is for sure now, or, oh, wow, you know, we can make this work or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. The, 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 vacuum that we have now is going to be filled and i just don't we don't want it filled by by fear mm-hmm. basically because i think there could be a lot of uh a lot of potential for bad decisions to be made and yeah. this is exactly why with with yeah. because of fear yeah i generally agree with you greg but the thing i won't point out is look fear has the other problem right where you could get paralyzed by fear yeah and that people just like you know there's oh it's you know batten down the hatches and be defensive and do nothing right and the reason I say that is because it's not like the problem for the MLS with this particular stuff, the cooperation compensation, is for at least 10 years, we've had this conversation around the MLS is all about cooperation compensation, right? So if cooperation compensation goes away, what is the value of the MLS? I don't think it's a bad idea for MLSs from a prepper standpoint, not maybe not to do something about it, but to think about it. Like, what is your value if this goes away? Right. And a different MLS have come up, try to come up with different answers where our value is data, our value is customer service, our value is whatever. Right. I don't think that that's a terrible idea because that's part of a long term, you know, trend, long term thing that the MLS needed to struggle with anyway. So if something like this triggers that, I think that's a positive. Now, yeah, I think going, I think going back to Katie's. Um, comments of what CRMLS is doing. They're definitely in that camp, mm-hmm. right? They are, mm-hmm. they are really thinking about this stuff. So, right. um, and I think absolutely. that's the kind of prepping that I do think MLS should do. I think, you know, brokers, agents, they should do prepping, meaning get some water, right? Not right. prepping. Like I'm going to, we're all going to commit mass suicide because the end is coming. Like, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> it's not get prepping. The, get, get the purple Nikes out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how we ended in this place, but here we are. Hey, right. I think I think it was good. Uh, we, we we had a little sparring match to begin. Yeah, everybody yeah. likes that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and you're wrong, but you know that's. Because you notice, I actually came with an analogy, you know, while we were talking about this other thing. This is a little bit like, like I come home and there's a lipstick on my collar. Oh, God, here we go. And Sonny's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I say, hey, baby, I'm going to do the dishes. I'm going to take the trash out. Don't ask me about the lipstick on the collar. Let's stop the investigation on this. <laughs> oh, Somebody's going to go. Why That's are you so good. afraid That's of Sunny investigating good. the lipstick on the collar? Right? That's good. That's good, man. It's the cover-up that kills you. Oh, it's just so perfect, man. That's great. Good for you. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Baby, there ain't no lipstick on my collar. I just yeah. want to point that out. <laughs> you believe me or your lying eyes? <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks for uh, a wonderful time. And uh, hey, thanks to all our listeners, as always. And uh, we will see you. I don't know what we're talking about next week, but we'll come up with something. I'm sure we will. Between now and then. Thanks, everybody.